Hello and welcome to GM Box. My name is Yuan. And I am Osa. And today we will be talking about how to run a game if you haven't prepared at all. I have a confession to make. Oh? I really hate planning. Yeah. Um, I love GMing, but I really don't enjoy preparing for a session. No. I, I don't like it at all. Uh, so I very often procrastinate to the point that, oh, it's five minutes before we start. Oh, well. And I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of people out there love the actual gameplay, but just hate preparing or just never prioritize it enough that they get around it before playing. Uh, I personally tend to prepare the wrong things because my brain gets stuck on a different track. Uh, I have a campaign that I will hopefully be able to start back up after the pandemic, uh, where I recently prepared the names and the the environment in a forest on the wrong continent. That is not the way you should do it. We might go there sometime. Possibly. It's not in my plans. Uh, <laughs> but with role-playing, you never know what your players are going to do. Suddenly you decide so, to immigrate. Best prepare everything! Yeah. It is quite literally the other side of the world. Yeah. It's like the really the opposite end of the planet. Cat. <laughs> so it's like Matthew Mercer said, let's just pre- prepare the world for you. Yeah. And I usually give everyone the advice to prepare as narrowly as possible and only keep the vaguest notes about the world outside of where they're going. If you know that they're going to one specific city, prepare the inn they're probably going to stay at. Do not prepare the 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 laws of the kingdom they are in. Uh, I'm just not always very good at uh, keeping my own advice. <laughs> So, um, uh, when when you uh, sit there and you're about to play and you realize you have not prepared a thing, what do you do? Step one. Except that this is the case. Know that it is okay. It's going to be okay. You're not the first one. You're not going to be the last one. And everyone does it. Yes. I, th- I think. I think so, too. There are very, very few people who have complete notes for everything, uh, except possibly uh, professional uh, GMs. Yeah, but they get paid for it. Exactly. <laughs> the The first thing I do, which I started with uh, by advice from Yuan, is to ask my players to make a recap of uh, the last session or sessions. Yes. Uh, it's good for several reasons. Uh, one, it gets you the, um, the the time you need to think about what has happened, and also it it gives you your player's view of what has happened, which might not be the same as your view. This is one of the reasons I do this is because it has happened that I have accidentally revealed things or given spoilers because I know what something actually 
was, but they didn't actually... I didn't know that they didn't pick up on it. Uh, so this is one way to get out of that. I also find it a good way to, you know, get in the mood, both yeah. for you and your players. Yeah, it is. Um not related to not having planned, uh, but to get in the mood uh, of, of the game. My first D&D game master, um, he, he used to make us all close our eyes. And then he um, started the game with a description of, how, uh, of our surroundings. Ooh, that's a nice one. Yes, it was a really nice one, and I think I I will try to do this because some sometimes uh, my my group is uh, very very chatty and uh, a bit all over the place. <laughs> I I think this might be a way to uh, get you guys to focus a little bit. That is probably a good idea. I know I am not innocent in this. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Another good tip is that it is perfectly okay to just make things up as you go. Like I do all the time. <laughs> yeah, like all of us do all the time. Uh, just try to keep notes. Insofar as you fail to keep notes, remember that next time your players will tell you what happened if you follow the previous advice. And as you can save yourself from having failed to take notes to some extent, um, because they might remember the name of that NPC you just came up with, even if you don't. Uh, I have done things like, oh, yes, do you remember the name of that one? Oh, yes, good, and I'll make a note. Um, one of the good examples I find is the Pixar theory. That states that all Pixar movies take place in the same universe. And people have just found various connections between the movies, partly because of Easter eggs. But this is a very convoluted theory with time travel and uh, various timelines that intersect. is insane. People have made it work. Your players will do the same for the clues that you give them that do not make sense. They will figure out how you intended for them to make sense, because clearly you did. And just listen to their wild, insane theories and pretend that's what you meant all along. You'll be fine, I promise. Yeah, it, it, it will work. And while you are making things up, if you play in an already written world, Remember that as soon as you start to play in it, it's your world. It's not Wizard of the Coast's world. It's not Matthew Mercer's world. It's your world. Yeah. And you can change whatever you like in it. Yeah. If House Stark in your version of Game of Thrones, the role-playing game, are actually sneaky bastards and there is a different person... That is Lord of House Stark than there should be. That's fine. It's your world. You made it up. It's fine. Yep. But uh, when or if you come to the point that, oh shit, I'm totally stuck. I have no idea how to react to whatever my players just came up with. 
it's okay to ask for a break. Yeah. Have them go have a coffee and sit down for 15 minutes or something. Just give your, yourself the time to think it through. Yes. It's totally fine. I frequently give myself micro breaks. I don't think my players even notice a lot of the time. But I give myself micro breaks where I just pretend to flip through my notes when in actuality I'm trying to come up with things to do next and I am not making a note next to an existing uh, character or anything. I'm making one up. I'm just trying to, on the fly, make something happen. Yeah, I have some troubles uh, taking micro breaks because I can't think of something while I'm listening to my players and I desperately want to listen to my players. Yeah. Uh, so so it can be a bit tricky if your brain works like mine or doesn't work at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Take the breaks you need, your players will understand. Your players are much more understanding and forgiving than you would ever think as a game master. And if you think about what it would be like as a player and what you would accept as a player, you probably realize that you would cut your game master a lot of slack. Yes, because your players, they are there to have fun. Exactly. And... One thing I try to do in, in terms of preparation while not prepared is that I will... Just in the five minutes before play, when everyone is getting their coffee or, you know, gathering their character sheets or whatever they're doing, I try to come up with just one, two, maybe three um, keywords that I want to touch on. I usually remember in those circumstances a game I ran some 20 plus years ago. Uh, here's where experience actually matters uh, that I had the notes that said city by the sea that was the entire note thing I had to begin with so I described a city by the sea the characters went there uh, and they started talking to a couple of merchants and I came up with the second merchant just in order to make them slightly more interesting, they, they had a dislike for the first merchant. And my players then assumed that there was a bunch of intrigue uh, between the various merchants in the city. And I ran with that. But the, the, whatever, the only thing I knew when starting this was that I had this image of a city by the sea. I imagine uh, fishermen coming in in the morning with their catch. That was everything I had. Try to come up with a couple of those just so you have a couple of visuals or basic ideas. It doesn't have to be advanced. Yeah, you can get away with a lot. Yeah. And like I said before, this is... Being prepared for being unprepared is... Usually, that is the only time I feel like I have an advantage being experienced and having done this for a long time. Not usually, I don't think uh, is necessarily an advantage. It means I'm stuck in my ways a lot of the time. It means that I uh, might not have as fresh a take on something. 
as a new game master and new game masters can be fantastic it is not necessarily the case that having done this for a long time means you're better but in this case it means that i can steal ideas from myself that i used 25 years ago and no one around me has ever encountered yeah because you have the brain that can remember <laughs> stuff that you used 25 years ago well also to some extent i actually have notes from 25 years ago oh, yeah. um from the times i actually had notes which as we are currently discussing is not always um <laughs> but yeah i that is one of the few times where experience helps i think yeah I usually fall back to uh, my strong suit, which is fun NPCs. Um, I can always throw in an interesting person that for some reason want want to shut up uh, my my players. And it it might not uh, bring the story much forward, uh, but it kills some time. (laughs) Um, and 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 my players usually have fun. <laughs> I I still love the rocket gnome. Yeah, she at least so far has not mattered much for the overall story. Yeah, I I can divulge that she will probably not. <laughs> no. either. but a fun NPC gives you a lot of things to interact with. Same thing with an interesting location. Uh, it can be with an interesting object. It can be with whatever your strong suit is. If you can't think of anything else, try to just, you know, throw a wrench into the works. Try to mess things up and just create a reason for the characters to talk to each other. Because characters talking to each other means more time that you don't have to do anything. Yes, it is the best. It's also a lot of the time the most fun your players will have. Yes. Speaking of uh, throwing NPCs and stuff, you usually use uh, lists with names and stuff like that, don't you? Yes, I always have a list of potential names in front of me. Uh, I try, though I sometimes forget, to have a list of character traits in front of me that I just nab a couple from and uh, that are simple NPC created. I rarely uh, have lists of potential locations or story elements or twists but I know that the times I have had that sort of thing it's been really helpful and I probably should use it more Uh, I don't necessarily have these things in front of me when playing especially for story hooks but just looking through some lists before playing so that I get some basic idea is really useful and usually turns into some great play. Yeah, um, I don't use these lists. I probably should, but I realized I really hate having a lot of stuff in front of me when I GM. I I get all flustered and confused because there's too much going on. I don't want more than my GM screen, a few, okay, many dice, and uh, <laughs> and my notebook. I, I really don't want more than that. Yeah. Um, oh. I might be 
tripping myself, I suppose, but yeah. We all have different styles. Yeah. Uh, I'm very good at sort of filtering what I see. I don't see my papers unless I'm paying attention to them specifically. Uh, I have a very large Game Master screen. Yes, you have. Yeah. Um, it's huge. It's huge. I, I designed it myself in, and had it manufactured uh, by a friend, almost to my specifications. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but it allows me to have full a, four full A4s in front of me in order to keep track of everything. And I use those things quite a lot when I need them, but I don't see them otherwise. Mm. I'm one of these who can't filter anything. I can't filter away sounds or what I see. I experience everything <laughs> at the same time. And um, so, yeah. <laughs> I think my recommendation is if you want these kinds of lists, have them somewhere nearby where you don't see them, which might be in front of you in, if you work like me, mm. or it might be on a chair a couple of steps away so that you can find them if you need them and you can do the same thing really with uh, lists for standard prices for what you can find at a restaurant or um, you know weapons tables or whatever is relevant in your game I guess I should stick them to the back of my notebook or something yeah <sighs> That's a convenient way to have it and ignore it for the most of the for most of the time. Yeah, I should just remember that that they actually are there. <laughs> Put a, a little sticker. Yeah. Next to it. Yeah. But yeah, preparing to be unprepared in the future is a good idea in general. You don't have to prepare that many specifics if you know the generals. I know this is contrary to the advice I gave at the very start of this podcast. Uh, And you should, if you're planning, focus on what's immediately in front of the players. However, if you haven't prepared that, knowing vaguely what kind of city they're in and vaguely where you are trying to go helps you know what sort of things you can throw in front of them and improvise. Yeah. That doesn't mean preparing uh, an island on the other side of the continent. No, no, yeah. it doesn't. It means that if you know that the city they're in is a shady place where the police is corrupted, you can play on that instead of not knowing what kind of city it is. It does not mean that you need to have the criminals and the corrupt police described. Yeah, it helps to know the generals. Yeah, yeah but you don't have to. No, it just it makes improvising easier. Yeah, speaking of names... Yeah, uh, I, I have a, a tendency to... Uh, when I pull a name just out of the air... It very often happens to be Bob. <laughs> um, <laughs> and of, of course, in fantasy settings, several people can have the same name. It's quite all right. And 
Yeah, there are plenty of John in real life. There, it makes sense that you have several Arathin or whatever makes sense. Yeah, but do try to avoid um, having a go-to name because if you say that this person's name is Bob, uh, your players will immediately think, oh, uh, she, this person isn't important. Yeah, this is one reason why I have lists of names. Uh, for those of you playing in a modern, a modern day setting, uh, I really do recommend that there are some excellent name generators out there that pick actual real world names for various cultures. And you can usually ask them to just give you a list of, say, 200 names. Uh, ask it to provide uh, maiden names as well, which means you get double up the, the surnames. Mm. It's a great way to just do that and then cross out the ones you've used. Yeah. With that, time for this week's... Or this, uh, uh, Bi-weekly... <laughs> This fortnight's episode epiphany. Um, yeah. So uh, right now is a very depressive time, and everything sucks. Uh, just basically. So I have really, really, really felt the need for playing something very silly. So I was just sitting on the couch the other day together with my partner and so what's the silliest stuff I can come up with so I had an idea for a silly game uh, where you play old ladies at an uh, yeah a, a, a care home for elderly people um, uh, they are all happily single or widows but single is more fun and they really enjoy the, the, the time at, at the care home because they can sit and knit and practice the occult and their nitomancy. I love the word nitomancy. Pepe came up with that. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> um, and suddenly one day all the wool yarn has been exchanged to acrylic. <gasps> And this is a really, really bad thing because all their magic is in the rule. Naturally. Yeah. So they have to uh, figure out who has done this. Was it the head nurse uh, who wants all their power for themselves? Or uh, was it uh, the big mutant moth? Yes. Or... There has a uh, new uh, staff member uh, who is secretly the mutant moth. Yes, yes, that must be. It. <laughs> so they have to uh, uh, sneak out of uh, the care home past the carers and nurses and um, use the powers they, they have left. Uh, I don't know, wool tentacles or... Uh, Magic uh, bestowed from the great alpaca or yeah, whatever. I, um, I really want you to write an alpaca subclass for warlock. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, I I just feel okay. Um, so so you know I'm I'm a wool snob. Yes. Um, 
and I can really see myself as that old lady in in the service home uh, when I'm old. Um, so I feel I can make f- make fun of this. <laughs> yes, this is very much a you yeah, kind of storyline. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I I really feel I just need to let go of everything that is serious for a little while. Uh, so yeah, that's my five cents. Uh, use it as you like. Don't use it or just. Yeah, <laughs> I've actually played a scenario where our group uh, was uh, some uh, people who I can't remember why, but we really needed to get a, a television immediately, and the only one around was in a local care home. Uh, but during a, a television show that was very popular amongst uh, the elderly at the time. <gasps> oh no! So we had to sneak in and steal the television without causing a riot. <gasps> Uh, which would have been deadly in that system. Yes. <laughs> Gerps. Svenil. Uh, what? Svenil. Svenil. Yeah, it, it had a very brief period of popularity in Sweden 20 years ago. Okay. Um, it was before my time. Fairly niche. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last I saw it around anywhere was 10 years ago. Mm. Um, yeah. Next episode, we are going to talk about how to play with strangers. Yeah. Specifically, if you are running a one-shot in some where the public is invited or... or like a convention scenario. Yeah, something like that. But we'll probably touch on things like if there are new people that don't know others in a more regular campaign, and also talk about how to run one-shots that, even if it's not for strangers, yeah. we'll touch on those subjects a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but primarily, how to play with strangers. Yeah, we'll feature something out. Probably. Uh, and uh, thanks to this episode, we also know how to do that without preparing. Yeah. What? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh, talk to your players and uh, have, have fun. fun.